0: Have one. This is Dean Crisp, your host for Straight Talk on Leadership. Man, I am so, I, I don't know if I could say excited. I'm electrified this week to have the guest with me, Jerry Thompson. And Jerry is one of the premier instructors around this great country of leadership. And he's also been in many positions of leadership. And Jerry's one of those guys that just knows how to connect to people. Can't wait for you to hear his story. Can't wait for you to hear these points. And he and I are going to talk about leadership and kind of how to stay in self-improvement or how to stay self motivated. So as we always say on Straight Talk on Leadership, set back, you're ready to change your life. Hi, I'm Dean Chris. Welcome to Straight Talk on Leadership. This is what we'd like to say is the No BS Zone, where we give you leadership tips, ideas, and practical suggestions to help you become a top leadership performer. Our goal is simple, help you become the best version of yourself and reach your highest potential as a leader. So sit back, turn up the volume, and you're ready to change your life. Hi everyone, this is Dean Chris. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Leadership. What a great couple of weeks we've had on our podcast. I can't tell you the number of texts, the number of calls that we've been getting, the number of emails, Instagram messages, messenger about our latest podcast from Brad James about the shooting that he was involved in in 2011. Man, I can't tell you how that has impacted so many people's lives. And that's really what we try to do here at LHLN, Leaders Help and Leaders Network, is impact other people and really make a difference in their lives. You know, if we don't add value, it doesn't matter. And so I've been so excited to hear from you folks, and thank you. We ask that you hit that subscribe button right down there. from the podcast that you're, whatever venue you're listening from, if you'll hit that subscribe button, you'll get notifications every week when we cut a new uh, podcast. You're going to hear stories about what we're trying to do. And please, subscribe, tell people about it, give us a rating if you really like it. And we are so thankful that we are able to help you. So with that, you know, i got a special guest this week. I've got Jerry Thompson with me. And, man, what a great friend he is of mine. And I really, really consider him one of the truest friends. And honestly, I I consider him one of the stalwarts or whatever the stalwarts, whatever that big word would be, uh, one of the concrete blocks of FBI leader instructors. Uh, He's one of those instructors that, uh, and I can guarantee you this is true because I test it all the time. I'll go around and, and after I go to a class or go to FBI leader and do a class, I'll say, have any of you out there had one of these classes? And they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, I took the supervisory class or I took the command or I took this. And I'll say, well, who's your instructor? And I'll tell you one thing, if Jerry Thompson was their instructor, ain't no doubt they always remember Jerry. Jerry's got one of those electrifying personalities, but he's also a man of many talents of leadership. He's got such a great mind when it comes to leadership, and he's been out there. He's a former – now, I'm not going to hold this against him, but he's a former state trooper in Ohio. You know, the state troopers, you know those guys, I don't know if they're – what they do in law for They ride a lot of tickets and work a lot of wrecks and that stuff. But you know, Jerry, I'm just kidding. You I always say that. Man, we love our state troopers and we think so much of them. And, and I, I really believe, man, what a great career you had. 31 years with the Ohio State Patrol and uh, left the rank of lieutenant, which would have been a commander in their uh, patrol. It's kind of like he runs a whole station of, of people and had many people that he supervised. But Jerry and I today are going to talk about leadership and self-improvement to the point of how do we stay motivated what kind of helps us but Jerry what a pleasure to have you on the show today man I am so excited to get you in front of our podcast listeners and I've been trying to get you on here for a while man I think you know pretty soon you you told me to send a check man I never did send a check but you know I did get you on here so thank you buddy hey Jerry how you doing
1: you know what I'm doing fine Dean and appreciate the accolades but this is when I get the opportunity to say it takes one to know one And um, for everybody who's listening and who will listen, I tell you what, I've learned so much from Dean and the opportunity that I received from him and some of his other colleagues to be out and actually work for FBI leader and get the opportunity to teach. So glad to be here. Uh, Yes. State trooper, 31 years. This is not state trooper right here. Uh, This is my COVID-19 beard that uh, once I, start teaching again i'll get rid of this and have that proper haircut so
0: well you know if, you're, if you if you're if you listening by podcasting you can't see that he's got about a full beard and he's got this hair growing on looking like link hayes out of here with this <laughs> afro going and many of y'all might even know who that is but
1: no, they won't they he's, i know
0: right but he's looking like i mean i ain't really seen him with this much hair before but he's like all of us man we're stuck inside and we we can't really, uh, you know, he looks like Link Hayes, but he's cool as Shaft. How about that? You know what I'm talking about? I like That's Jerry. That. Yeah, there you go. But he's, uh, you know, he's like all of us. We've been kind of stuck in here and that stuff. And been really trying to get him on the show for uh, uh, many months now. And it's not because he didn't want to get on the show. Jerry does everything. I mean, Jerry does a lot of stuff. He's got a studio where he actually records uh, artists. And Jerry's invented this drink called Vocal that uh, it's kind of like the Gatorade of singers or whatever it is. And I hear he's, he's like um,
1: – I like the way you say that. you know? Yeah, what? man,
0: it's like the Gatorade for singers, man. It's like you see a ball player on the field that's exhausted and needs to get re-refreshed. And, you know, vocal is the drink that he's invented that kind of like refreshes your voice, you know, like that. So I tell you, Jerry, you're doing a lot of stuff, man. Tell us a little bit more about
1: you. Well, I will. You know what? And you're saying that. I'm actually in the mastering room of the studio, and it's a two-part studio where I do get the opportunity to do what Dean says. We record, we make commercials for radio and all those different things like that. And then you threw vocal up. I didn't, maybe you could see it in the background, but you said it good. We take care of the only instrument that people can't buy. And that is the voice, you know? And so that's what I've been doing in my downtime beyond finishing a book that I'm writing called Mass. Leadership, which the basis of it, they are there. The basis of it is done. I just need to get off my butt and put the last little details in it. And we had a little conversation about that earlier um, that it has to get done. And in fact, that's part of that self-motivation that we have to talk about. And I take this time right now, um, this, we'll call it downtime, but it's really not. It's a great opportunity and has been a great opportunity for me to get those little small things done that, I I can't speak for anybody else, but we procrastinate often so much. I do, um, but with my wife in my ear and other people in my ear, these things are getting done. So I appreciate the time, but yet at the same time, I'm ready to get out there.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, we all are ready to start. But you know, a lot of our listeners, they haven't missed a beat. They've been working more. Or, yeah, uh, they've been working out there. A lot of our law enforcement, a lot of people in other, uh, you know, fields. They've worked and continued on, although we, we travel. And to give you an idea of traveling for Jerry and I, Jerry and I, on an average year, we'll do 140 flights, probably 130, 140 flights. Now, that's a lot of seat time when you talk about that, and it's kind of crazy. But he and I, and, and we don't do it because we want to get out there on the road. We don't do it and be away from all of our families. We do it because we want to help change lives and that value. And one of the things that he and I spent hundreds of hours together on the road and he and I, when we would go to a classroom or teach, we'd always go have dinner that night. Man, we'd spend the whole two hours talking about self-improvement and talking about how do we get better the next day. And, and in this classroom, was there somebody that we missed? Was there somebody we need to reconnect to? And, and I, I guess one of the things that we would literally do, Jerry, would take inventory every day. And maybe that's something we all should do is to take a daily inventory of ourselves and kind of say, what the heck did we get done today? And I know one thing as a leader, I used to chase a lot of fires, you know, uh, when I was in the police chiefing business, it seemed like I did the urgent more than the important every damn day. And, uh, I, I mean, so maybe that's something we need to talk about is, you know, how do we do that? You know, how do we stay focused and do that stuff? And, and I've got some things that I wrote down when you and I discussed the topic that we were going to talk about, how do we stay motivated and, how do we stay in that mindset to self-improve ourselves? But this is not for the person who's just been stuck at home either. This is for the person who is stuck. They're working every day, but they're on a dang
1: treadmill. Dean, there, there's something I really got to say, and it's just bouncing off of what you said. And um, you had just said when after we would have a class and we would, we would critique ourselves. And one of the greatest things that you taught me, when we talk about self-improvement, self-perspective, you put this word in my mind that you would always say, no, you're a life changer. (laughs) Well, no, but it's true, man, that you're a life changer. This is more than just stepping up in front of a class and giving data, facts, whatever that you're giving. But this is actually changing people's lives. And that is one of the things that if we're at home, If we're out in in the field, when we're teaching, when we're being that supervisor, that leader, we have to recognize that Mm -hmm. everyone is watching us and that we truly are life changers. Um, I got to say this. I got a new grandson. uh, My oldest grandson is five, and he's my best buddy. Now I have a two-month-old year grandson. And, Dean, you have grandkids, and so you know what I'm saying. You're a life changer. Uh, you're you're teaching them life lessons that you're hoping that will stick. And I honestly believe there's no difference when, when we're teaching out in the field or um, when we're leading out in the field is that it really is. We people look to you to be that life changer. So I, I just had to say that.
0: Well, you know, Jerry, uh, w- one of the things, and, and this is one of the reasons why I, I really uh, have always been attracted to you as it relates to your, your style of leadership, your style of talking, your, your style of instructing is, is because I, I was attracted because it seemed like to me that when I first met you, you may not have really known what this was, but you really did know it. I could see that you had a very clear why. You knew why you were doing what you were doing. Even though I said the word life changer to you, you knew it. And, and we would have these conversations where I would listen to you and you were constantly mentoring somebody. I mean, through as your church or through as, you know, whatever, man, youth you, you constantly were doing that. So it wasn't hard for me, you know, when I say you're a life changer, some people, they look at you and say, you know, they think that's like a diaper changer, but when you really commit to being a, a life changer, you change and I do not care who you are. I don't care where you go. You literally become someone else because now what they do is as important as what you do. That's, that's a very hard transition for leadership. And I think in leadership today, we, we miss that with people. I am scared to death that this COVID-19 is going to habituate us into a situation where connection is not going to be as important. You know, I was running and I, I haven't been able to go to the gym and I'm not no runner. Matter of fact, I pulled my freaking hamstring this morning a little bit and I'm Mm -hmm. having to ease back off of that. But, when I'm running on, the, running on this trail and, and I come across people, man, they'll run like on the other side, like I got some kind of freaking disease or something. And it bothers me. You know, it affects me when I see that. Uh, I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. You know, I mean, we're avoiding each other and being happy about it. Yeah. We shouldn't be that way. And, I, and I'm really, I'm, I'm really telling you right now that leadership
1: is about connection Yes. And we better
0: we better not lose that. We better we, not lose that understanding.
1: We honestly have to pay attention to that because um, you said it with this pandemic that's going on, and I do believe that it's real. I likewise think that there's a lot of things that's being blown out of proportion. Okay, that's my own opinion. However, what it is doing is like you're saying, is causing people to not make those connections. And I'm thinking of this, I know some people who have some um, elders who are in the nursing home and they're not permitted to to visit them literally, and this is like no, this is a time that you need connection and yeah. leaders leaders that are actually leading right now. It is so important that they recognize that the people who are following them in that fact that they still need to make that connection. Okay, maybe you can't touch them, and we're not talking about that necessarily anyway. But we have to get close. We have to pay attention to hear what people are saying, what they're thinking, how they're thinking, what they're believing, because people are believing a little bit of everything right now. But um, that's the most important about being right now, a time of connection. That makes me speak of what we call, you know, uh, leadership and self-deception. And that's really strong for me because I have to recognize and look at myself and see if I'm not connecting with people. Instead of saying it's their fault, I have to look at myself and say, "What am I doing? Not being able to reach, reach out, to the person to reach people."
0: Well, in full disclosure, Jerry is uh, one of those self-deception followers. He, um, when you go to class for self-deception, they charge you like five thousand dollars for like three days, and uh, you become this trainer. And I'm not saying good, bad, or indifferent, but that's how Jerry believes in self-improvement. Is Jerry's willing to dash out five thousand bucks to go out and? learn how to be a uh, connect with people and not be deceived by himself. I'll tell you this much that that says a lot about you for sure that you're willing to go out there and learn those things. You know, you want to change America, change our belief in each other, that's one and two, change our connection how important that is with each other. When you do that we're not the same country. And I'm just afraid that we're going to be so self-centered and trying to protect ourselves that we lose that connection. But that's my political kind of belief thing there but when you when you look at this thing so how do you stay motivated Jerry? I mean, and I'm going to, let me, before I do that, before I do that, let's talk about your book for a second. Okay. Let's let let's let you do some self-promotion. Tell
1: me about your book, man. Come on. Tell me well, about it. You know, the book is called mascot leadership. And here again, it is the leader recognizing that you are always being watched and it comes off the concept of when you think of a, a, a mascot for a team or an organization, that mascot is always in front, and when people look at that organization here, I got to go to Ohio State Buckeyes, and you know we got Brutus Buckeye. He represents the Buckeyes on and off the field, good or bad, win or lose. If things are going right or if things are going wrong, we see Brutus Buckeye and say, Woo, Ohio State." It's no different, I think, in leadership. Uh, in leadership, that supervisor, that leader chief, captain, whatever that rank is, when they're out there, people are looking and you have to be in your best, you have to be at your best, recognizing that you're always being watched by someone. And you may be the only representative that that person may see from that organization. So how are you presenting yourself as that mascot? That's that's the a baseline of it. I can go a little bit further if you if you'll permit me. Please go ahead, go ahead. But I, I want to say, but well, I can interrupt and
0: say one second. Uh, who the hell has a buckeye or a mascot? I mean, seriously, I mean, It's a damn. It's something. It falls off a tree. I mean, oh, a
1: seriously. Oh,
0: <laughs> you know, you know, I'm just messing with you, buddy. You know, I love you. Go oh, ahead, man. Tell us about your book. Talk, you know talk, talk to me.
1: The other thing that I, I, that is important in it, I believe, is that we oftentimes miss leadership and we see it right from the beginning when uh, officers and individuals, when they're going through that field training office, that time of training leadership has to begin as soon as that ends. We oftentimes will wait after they get knighted; they have made it through their process. If it's 90 days or whatever it is, then they go out. The next time that they're spoken to, or there may be true connection with a leader is usually when they mess up. And when they mess up, now the leader is going to come down on them and it will keep that person or individual from being open with them. It's kind of like raising a child. Um, I use this example maybe too often, but it's kind of like when I first was teaching my granddaughter how to tie her shoe. She didn't get it the first time. She didn't get it the second time. She didn't get it the third time, so I didn't say, "Okay, we're done with you. You're stupid. You're never going to uh, learn how to tie your shoes. So, baby, you're going to weld Velcro the rest of your life." No, you keep working, and you keep working, and you keep working. Um, and how important it is again that we look at it from we're growing people, we're life changing people, um, and that's what mascot leadership speaks to. Go for Matt, it, man.
0: It sounds good, you know, and I, I'm really. Uh, anxious for you to finish it up. And and uh, when you do finish the book up and we'll have you back on the show so you can uh, walk us through those and we'll make it available to our people how they can get it. So I'm really excited for you, Jerry. And I know one thing about a book. Uh, everybody says they ought to write a book. I get that. And having written one, I know how difficult it is to, to do it. And there's nothing like just making sure that it gets done, if you will. But it does it, it does tell you something about yourself. You know, it's, it's very challenging to do that because you take a project from the beginning to the end and a lot of us, and I'm going to talk about this with self-improvement in a minute, we don't stay focused enough. And one of the things that you were just talking about with your grandchild, it's like if you were to give up on tying that shoe, she would have been wearing Velcro her whole life or would have learned by herself, you know? Yep, and yep. I absolutely taught the same thing to my grandchildren. Uh, my oldest grandkid right now is uh, five. And I was teaching her how to tie her shoe. And I remember I would say over, under, back, loop, over, under, tie. That's how I was teaching her, you know, as, I, as we were doing it. So we were saying it as we were going like that. And and I remember she was very frustrated. And it's like anything in leadership, you get really frustrated when you don't see instantaneous results. Yes. And that's one of the reasons why, And I and I write about this in my book a little bit, but, people have this uh, kind of thought process that leadership should be instantaneous. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's like, you really can't be, you can't fool yourself into believing that once I do something, it's people are gonna always doing, they're going to do it right and you're going to get it right. It's it's, you can't be fooled by that. You know, uh, you can't be fooled by believing everything's going to be great. The first time you try it. you really got to do it over and over again. Mm-hmm. If, if I can list a couple of things in this podcast, Jerry, and you and I, maybe you can, talk a little bit more about them or we'll, yes. we'll discuss them. I think there's five things. And that's the one thing that I like is to make lists when I talk about how do I self-improve and how do I do these things? But I think there's five things that really help me. And I, I promise you that I literally have been thinking about these things. Uh, this one particular, number one in particular has been absolutely like haunting me. I mean, during this period of time where we've been not on the road so much, but it's, if I had done this and thought about this this much when I was in leadership, mm. I promise you I would have been 10 times better as a leader. But I didn't take the time as much as I should to do this. And the first thing I think you ought to do, and you talk about five things that keep you motivated. Number one is you got to absolutely commit to grow yourself. You have to commit to grow yourself. Now, a friend of mine who is the sheriff in Burke County, Georgia, uh, Al Williams, Alfonso Williams. And I love Alfonso. He uh, took our master trainer course, but Al runs a great ship down there in Burke County. And he's his first term as sheriff. And I remember something that Al said in the class that literally made me not only it made me like come out of my seat because it was so damn good. He said, if you're green, you're growing. If you're ripe, you're dying. And, and, I thought to myself, I said, oh, my God, you know, I, I want to stay green. I, I don't want to get ripe because I know what happens to ripeness. It's, it's like ripe bananas. You can't even make a sandwich out of them. But the only thing you can do is use them in banana nut bread mm-hmm. only because you want the flavor. But and this has haunted me over the last couple of months is stay growing. Yeah. You know, stay growing. I know this about leadership, that if I'm not growing as a leader, I am definitely not sharing growth with people. I'm sharing stale bread. I'm not sharing fresh cooked bread. If I grow, I, I, I share it. When I don't, I'm silent. You now, know what do what, what you think?
1: Well, no, I, that's powerful things. And I'm actually, I'm smiling, um, Because you do have to continue to grow. And you you had made uh, mention of it earlier, reference to me going to um, uh, the Arbinger Institute for Leadership and self deception That's one of those things for myself to grow. And it's not just for me to grow and keep it in. Um, uh, Somebody I really respect, they say it like this, is that you get it to you and it will come into you so that it can go through you. You get it in you so you can give it out. And that's no, that's, that's part that's of um, continuing to grow. And if it's, if it doesn't have to be a class that you're paying for, but it's just like this podcast, your book, Dean, um, other books that are out there that we have to commit to, to continue to add mm-hmm. to our intellectual capital. That's another word that I've stolen from you. Um, <laughs> you know, it is. Um, so you have to grow. So I, uh, I definitely agree with you. 100%. If you're
0: if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm holding up two books that I'm reading right now, The Power of Positive Leadership by John Gordon and Atomic Habits by James Clear.
1: Read it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, you know, you were on with us not long ago when we talked about some of these books we were reading. Mm-hmm. But th- this is an example of growth. And I had a friend of mine that was one of my dearest friends in the world. And I mean, dearest friends in the world. I mean, literally dearest friends in the world. And unfortunately was killed in a, in a accident at 42. And he was a pastor and he was really, really a smart guy. One of the smartest guys I ever knew. And we were talking about listening to someone who was going to talk about something. And I said to him, I said, I don't like him. And he he literally looked at me and said, okay, I understand you don't like him. And I said, Okay, so I don't like it. And <laughs> he said, Can you learn from it? Mm. I said, What? He said, Can you learn from it? Even if it's learning not what to do. I looked at him and I said, You've got to be kidding me. He said, Well, when you are mature enough to understand that you can learn from everybody, even the ones you don't like, then you'll understand. I said, Oh, my God. It took me a while to get that. Yeah, But it's like I tell people this all the time. They'll say, I don't like that person. I'll say, can you learn from them? If you learn from them, they got something for you. And And I thought, oh, my God, I have missed it, you know. I mean, like, I'm thinking I'm shutting these people off that I don't like. Now, politically, there's a lot of people I don't like. But can you learn something from them? the true gauge of a leader is that you can learn something from everybody yeah and and so you gotta grow man if you are not freaking growing you are dying and and that i'm telling you when it's it's almost like when when you when you with these two books that i read and anybody who's been around me in the last several bits you yeah. have heard me talk about these books and it's because that's what you do with the book you pass it on you know I have this funny thing I say in class. I say, if somebody gives you a book, it's kind of like a breath mint. You probably need the damn thing. But honestly, it's, it's like, I don't know. You got to grow.
1: Dean, Dean, let me say, um, again, you're saying things that are very, very powerful. And um, myself, when I was first a new leader, um, those people, I'm going to say, if they learned anything from me, which wasn't much in my humble opinion, was the things not to do. Um, because I was a poor leader initially. Initially, I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know, you know? And um, so they could have watched me and learned what not to do um, until I learned. And once I began to really, really lead, now that's where it comes to, again, being that life changer, giving the people things that I had learned so they won't have to bump their head like I used to have to bump mine. Very, very powerful. I'm smiling. You also make me think of in the Jewish community, there's really not a word for retirement, okay? Because they believe that if you're going to retire, then you have no more util value in the world. So that is why, likewise, you always have to be growing. You always have to be putting your hands to the Mm task, learning something new or... If it's not even learning something new, it's optimizing those things that you do know and giving it to somebody else so that they can grow. Oh, man.
0: I mean, that to me, that that's it. I mean, you. The one thing I always say to people is, to "Say your number one goal in life is to grow yourself, and then the secondary part of that is to grow other people." And I'll say, here, here's the biggest one of the biggest problems I see in leadership is we expect leaders to grow other people, and they're not growing themselves. Hmm. Will not happen. You can only fertilize the amount that's in the bag. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. When you run out, they ain't no more.
1: That's it.
0: And if you ain't continually putting it in the bag, if you ain't continually refilling that, you run out of fertilizer.
1: Very true.
0: And, and, it, and it's just so true, you know, and you, you got to understand that it's so damn true. Yes. First of all, and second, let's talk about mindset. Yes, sir. That's number two. Now I talk about mindset all the time. And the reason I do is because it changed me. I had the worst mindset. I would wake up in the morning. I, I ask people this sometime. and I, When the alarm goes off in the morning, what's the first thing you say? I used to say, damn. I mean, man, if the alarm goes off in the morning, first thing you say is, damn, that, that's a good indicator what kind of day you're going to have. You know, so I had to get that right with me. And I swear, that is the be- that I fight that sucker daily mindset. Uh, I do. Uh, and And if I don't get my mind right, if, if I'm not set on what I'm trying now, let's tell people what mindset is. Mindset is a current state of thought based on expectations. Mindset is based upon your paradigms, which means what you learn from life generally creates the lens in which you view the world from. Now, when you view that lens, it does create a mindset that when you see something, you tend to view it from that point. So it's like my paradigm was, I didn't like that person I was talking about before. Yeah. Then my mindset was, well, I, he can't teach me nothing. I don't like him. I, I tell you one of the best things I've ever uh, heard, and this was from Warren Buffett. He's a lot smarter than me, a lot richer too. But one thing about Warren Buffett, what he said was this, and I, I swear to you, I was teaching on the road, and uh, I, I was getting ready, and I, I was either brushing my teeth or getting ready or something. But I literally came out of the bathroom and literally stopped and sat down on the bed. He was on Good Morning America, and they were talking about Warren Buffett and that stuff, and, and Warren Buffett has being interviewed him. They were asking about some of the life lessons he'd learned and what was, you know, who had he learned the most from. And I swear to you, Warren Buffett said, uh, you know who I've learned the most from? And I and I was live sitting there on the edge of the bed. I'm like, oh my God, who is this who's gonna say? He's gonna say something that I don't really like. He says, from the people I disagree with most. Mm. I thought, what are you talking about? And then it dawned on me. And the guy said, From the people you disagree most with, he goes, Yeah. People that I disagree with generally show me a view that I haven't really thought of before. He said, the biggest problem in life is when someone disagrees with you, you think you have to be angry at them. I thought, Oh my God. I, I thought to myself and I thought back, you know, when I was a police chief and I was in leadership, now you talk about not doing this guy's job. Good. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. dude! I, I don't even know if I ever could claim doing it. Good. I know one thing I damn sure cared about it. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the only thing that saved me was I cared more about it as good as I was about it. But I can remember sitting in meetings, and when people would have an opposing view of me or an opposing view of what I wanted to do, I'd look at them like I hated them. You know what I mean? I was like, what an idiot. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't imagine myself just doing that. You know, and I thought, geez, if I just looked at that, they could provide something I really didn't see. My God, what are you going to do? You know, and, and when Warren Buffett said, I've made more money off people who have disagreed with me ever than I've ever made with people who've disagreed, that's agreed with me. Wow. I thought, wow.
1: That's powerful. That's powerful. You know, you, when you're saying that and um, mindset, I would use the word also perspective because that's what it is, perspective. Uh, you've said some powerful things and uh, made a little note. I likewise, my perspective of myself and for those who are listening, if you're a leader, your self-talk, how you talk to yourself, and what you believe that you are—those things—and I can very quickly—I say, "Oh, you're stupid!" Oh, how stupid can you be? Well, no, that's your self-talk. That's talking. No, you have it, and it's all part of learning. Um, it's all part of you improving yourself. Um, so your self-talk has to change to help that uh, that that mindset. You change that that self-talk and for me, this is very, very important. That's just like earlier talking about the book and why I haven't finished the book. Um, I haven't finished because my my self-talk or my mindset will say real quickly, ain't nobody going to read that. This is stuff also that I'm teaching already in class that people are, they're learning from, from, yeah, they're garnering information from. And yet in my mind, my self-talk will say, no, that's stupid. Don't do that. You know, why are you doing that? All that kind of stuff. So that's part of, for me, mindset, self-talk, controlling that self-talk. I'm that person that gets up in the morning, Dean. And if I got that stinking thinking in the morning, I got to look in the mirror and say, Jerry, you're better than this. Come on, oh, yeah. Yeah, step up. Come on. You, you can do better than this. And so um, again, how powerful when you talk about mindset, go for it. Well, yeah, I like what you said about self-talk and
0: uh, I talk about a thing called uh, it's kind of the circle you draw. And if you draw this circle, all right, start down at the bottom and I, you know, for those that are on video watching us here, I'll imagine a circle, right? And the circle perpetuates itself like an arrow is going around it. Well, on one side you have self talk, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that happens is your self talk creates a self image of you. So in other words, what you say to yourself, you tend to believe, right? And then, the next thing that happens is your self-talk creates a self-image, which in turn affects your performance greatly. It's true. Kind of, you kind of get in a loop. You know what I mean? It's like you get, when I talk bad, then I perform bad, I convince myself that I wouldn't, couldn't do it anyway. Correct. So it's like in the morning, that's thinking, thinking, right? Yes, it is. And and as, as you go around like that with that stinking, thinking, it's a perpetual cycle. I found so many people, in a perpetual stinking thinking mindset that they never get out of it. What a powerful thing. Yeah. Let's talk right. about three, vision. So for me, what keeps me focused is knowing where I'm going. Now, uh, Kelly, who's producing the show for us, the one thing that Kelly does for me or does for us, you know, at our LHLN Leaders Help and Leaders Network work is that she constantly keeps us reminded what our vision is. You know, and she's, she's constantly saying to me, well, what's our vision for this? You know what? What do you? What, where are we going with that? And what? What? Where are we really trying to get that? You know, her. Matter, matter of fact, this morning we were talking about we're getting ready to roll out a, a new online course. Okay, and we were talking about the connection between the podcast, online, and all those connected sources there. And one of the things that uh, Kelly was was saying to us, and we were all talking together, was it's got to incorporate in really where we're trying to go. It it, it makes so much sense. It's like you think about the process of driving a car. Okay. You think about the process. Let's think about this in simplistic form, okay, for a second. Let's think about getting in a car and going to the store as part of leadership. All right. Let's make this comparison. Okay. It's a simple act, but takes a lot of steps. Now, what I always say about leadership is this: it's pretty damn simple. It just ain't easy. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it's pretty damn simple, but it ain't easy. Now let's let's talk about the reality of going to the grocery store. It's pretty damn simple, but in reality, it ain't easy. What if you had to walk? What if you had to carry the groceries back? You'd buy less. So what happens is you got to have a car that runs, that has gas, that's up to service, and you got to be near a store. You got to know the route. You got to have a road. How many things are involved in a simple process of going to the store? About a thousand. Yeah. But when you really pare it down, the end result is simple right? Like just going to the store. It's the same thing with leadership. If you don't know where you're going, you're never going to end up where you're trying to get to. Right. Mm. And, and that simplistic process of leadership, you, you, you've got to have that vision. you got to know where I'm going, how I'm going to get there, how I'm going to get back. And all the steps seem to fall in place, but they don't just happen. It's, it's like leadership. You want to be, become a better leader. Stop wishing, you know, stop wishing, that things would be better get back into understanding that you've got to actually do it. You want to comment on that?
1: Yeah, I will be. um, I got to bring it from my perspective, Dean, you know, I'm um, a big church boy come from the old church boy and I'm still a church boy. Um, But they say that the people perish because and I'm paraphrasing because there's no plan. That's why they say you have to write the vision, You have to write it down and make it plain. And you have to have those steps that are going to take you from point A to point B. You you you're very profound when you're saying it. We think that things just happen. People think, I'm using this as an example. When I created vocal, the product, people think that I just had this quick um, ideal and I went about it. No, this has been a journey. It's been a journey. I know what the end goal is. But I'm still working on that on that end goal to get it to the place where I want it to be. That's the same thing with leadership. Who do you want to be? Why can't you be? And I'm speaking to somebody directly, and I know this. Why can't you be the next lieutenant? Why can't you be the next deputy chief? Why can't you be the chief or the sheriff or the director or whatever it is? It's okay. And because it's okay, write it down, make it that goal, and begin to work towards it. I didn't really move within the Ohio State Highway Patrol until I begin to add, and I'm going to say college and, you know, master's, whatever. And it's not about the master's. It's what it gave me and the extra that it gave me to move towards actually being that post commander or ended up being a unit commander for the Ohio State Highway Patrol. In my beginning – beginning of uh, my career, I had no aspirations. I just had fun being a trooper. Somewhere along that way, it was like, you know what? I can help people. I, I can. Maybe I'm the one that can bring the change about that needs to be brought in our organization or in my station. For whoever's listening, whoever's listening, if you're thinking about it, you're that one that can bring the change. Write the vision, Make it plain and start moving towards it. I, I really believe how important that is. With that. Oh, yeah.
0: And, and you know, I, I, that, that is so true. you you got to know where you're going, right? And, and and while you were talking there, I was thinking about a, a point. You know, think about this in terms of leadership. That the ease of your leadership journey will always be determined by your preparation for the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the more prepared you are, the, the easier the trip is. If you didn't have a car, you'd have to walk. Yeah. Or you'd Uber, or you'd find somebody else, but you'd be on somebody else's schedule, not your own. If the store didn't have it, if you didn't know where to go, if you didn't know what you was looking for, you know, the easier journey is always going to be determined by your preparation. And the more you're prepared, the the easier the journey. So in leadership, vision is part of that. There's Mm -hmm. absolutely no doubt about it. Number four, Jerry, determination. Listen, I learned one thing about when I was getting my education, I wasn't that smart. But I was damn sure determined, and I learned this about education: education ain't intelligence; it's determination. Hmm. And the more determined I get with anything, you know, it's let let me talk about three levels of motivation for just a moment. There's what I believe three levels of mo- motivation. The the first one is is you kind of want to do it. So let's look at your book, okay? Can I use your book for a minute? Please. Let's do some self reflection on ourselves here, okay? Uh-huh. And I got to do this too. And I'm going to take a personal inventory while you and I are talking right here. Okay. Let's just do it live. Let's do a personal inventory. So there's three types of motivation. There's kind of want to do it. So when you kind of want to do something, you have a tendency to get it done. But if anything comes in the way, you don't. The second level is you got to be determined to do it. Now that's a little stronger motivation, but a lot of times determination is determined by feelings and what we want to do and staying focused. And I mean, it's that, determination is important and that's true. But the third level of motivation is the key. That's driven. Mm. What are you driven to do? And I'll tell you this much for sure. And I know this is true. And I say this in intentional leadership all the time. Whatever I become very intentional at and I become driven at usually gets done. If I don't stay driven or intentional it usually doesn't so what I'm telling you about leadership is when you're driven to do something you generally get it done now a good friend of mine just got elected sheriff in Greenville County Mm -hmm. and let's let's compare let's let's I'm serious let's let's talk about this for a second he's one of the dearest friends in the world I have and I love him dearly I hired him as a young cop back in 94 his credentials to run for sheriff 750 employees Large county, one of the largest ones in South Carolina. His credentials, GED, only been a sergeant in the other agency, got dismissed from the academy because he failed his first go around. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is just an example. Ran against five candidates. One of them was a secret service assistant director, three master's degree or two, mm-hmm. everything in the world you want. But the one difference was my friend Hobart Lewis was driven. Night and day he worked, driven to get his message. Great connector of people.
1: Mm.
0: Ended up winning the election 75% to 25 Wow. And the reason was is because he was able to transfer that driven desire to the people. Listen, a police chief, qualifications matter. A sheriff is a person of the people. Yeah. And people matter yeah. when it comes to a sheriff, you know. Mm-hmm. And he had that magical ability to do that. And you talking about driven and determination. What I say with this is, I say, yeah, you got to be determined on your self improvement. You got to be driven. When you start getting driven about that book, Jerry, you'll get done. Yeah.
1: I speak to that and um, saying that to that. And <laughs> here's a question, and um, maybe somebody will chat an answer. And I say this because you get those times when you're really, really driven. And maybe I can't make it driven, say determination, and then squirrel, you know, squirrel. <laughs> um, but you get those times that you're really, really driven and motivated. This also comes back to what we just talked about is vision. And this is one of those things that my wife reminds me of constantly. Jerry, you journaling, which I do. Where are you at? What's that vision? What do you see? What's that reason? That can also help you to have that uh, driven desire that I have to get it done. I'm there right now. And here again, with everything that's bad with the world situation right now, it's good to have this law to be able to get things done, to really self-evaluate. We are talking about that at the beginning and say, Jerry, you have to be better. You have to get these things done. Why not do it now while you're not on the road traveling and you know out eight months out of a year or something in that line? How important it is very good very very good yeah
0: well you know that brings us to the next point focus and you know one thing for me it's hard for me to focus and you know anybody that works for me'll tell you I've got great ideas and sometimes I don't I don't stay focused through the process. And that that has a lot to do with my personality, but it has a lot to do with my drive too. And and I know that when I stay focused on something, I'm pretty good at it. Now it doesn't mean I'm great at it. And if I'm if I'm focused on being a basketball player, I'm not a great. I ain't got all them skills, not like you, which I want to say this about Jerry and people don't know this. Jerry, when he graduated high school, was like five five, five six, five seven, something like that. He graduates and goes out and uh, grows six inches while he's on damn first year in college yeah. and actually becomes a college basketball player because he's got the great skills but he's five seven, right? Yeah. And he comes out six two or six three in a week or damn whatever it was and he becomes a I mean that sure changed your focus, I'm sure, yeah. when you became much taller. Yeah. But what I'm telling you with me is the more focused I am, the better I am, and I struggle with that. Um And and it's not because I want to struggle with that. But I think that if you are focused, you can do about anything you want to do.
1: I don't even think about it sometimes. And obviously you, I've told you the story where I literally, I started trying to make the basketball team in the seventh grade, um, in high school. And I can remember going over to the door to see if my name was on the cut list. Some of y'all know what the cut list is. And, um, From seventh until the 12th grade, I didn't, every year I went out and when I didn't make it, and you talk about focus, what I'm saying is how relevant, every year that I went out for basketball, I got cut. Yet, I was the water boy, high quality, H2O, you know what I'm saying? Um, I handled it, but I also had the opportunity to practice while everybody else was practicing. And then come to 12th grade, um, I did make the high school team. Now I'm not saying I was a star. I got pine. I probably still got some uh, splinters in the old (laughs) pine from riding the bench. But I did because I was focused. And, Dean, you just saying that tells me again, and I talk about it in the book, Mascot Leadership, is that you can do anything. If you get focused, you can absolutely do anything. And like you say, I wasn't the best basketball player um, no, Michael Jordan didn't come and ask me to, you know, to be his second or Le- LeBron James, but I made the team. I made the team and I was driven that focus. I was driven. That's one of those times that I was driven to, to achieve the goal that I needed, you know, so how, how good. And,
0: you know, we, and people who are not on our podcast that don't know this, we're, we, we, uh, Kelly's producing this for us and she's chatting to us and telling us how long we've been in and that stuff she makes a really good point here that I want to mention uh, she says maybe the point is that focus pulls all the other components together uh, I, I think that's a great point point. and at LHLM we don't really care who says it and who gets the credit for it just as long as somebody says it yeah. and it changes people's lives you know yeah but Kelly that's a great point I, I think that you have to use the focus to help you pull all those others together because when you pull all those others together, then they kind of, you know, make it happen. You talked about determination. I'll make one more little point on that. I always told my boys this, if your yes is more powerful and determined than their no, you can get anything done. And you, your yes has to be more powerful than their no, you know? And that's the point you were, your yes was more powerful than their no. I personally have had my name on one of them boards where I got cut
1: <laughs>
0: in the seventh or eighth grade. And now you done wrote me back to that. And I'm having a damn flashback right up in here. And I'm about to get mad because <laughs> I said, <see, laughs> you know, I say that and I laugh, but i seen my name on that cut board. Amen. I didn't like it, yeah. but i tell you something right now. I mean, you know, this, this is one thing I want to say, and and we'll wrap this thing up here. Let let's talk about our five points, and then we'll wrap this podcast up. I know you got other things you got to do. Talk about growth. You got to grow yourself. Those are the things that keep you self motivated, man. You got to grow. If you're not growing, if you're green, you're growing. You ripe, you are dying. dying. That's good mindset, man. You got to have that right. That stinking mindset, that stinking thinking ain't no good. Vision. You got to know where you're going, man. You got to determine where is it I'm trying to go. You're talking about determination, you got to be more determined, man. And you're talking about focus. Those things bring them all together. I think that's the thing when we talk about the podcast, you know. I was watching that Michael Jordan special. You've been watching that? Yeah, I've been watching it. I taped it, and I I watch it when I'm – you know, I I don't watch it then, but I'm watching something else. But I taped it, and I watched it. Michael Jordan said something that I thought, oh, my gosh, I've got to find a way to say this. But Michael Jordan, when he wrote it, he said, winning has a price. I thought, oh my God, guess what? Leadership also has a price. Yeah. It and when you're a leader, you got to be willing to pay that price, brother. Yeah. You got to be willing to take all these things. When you take that mantle of leadership, you separate from the others. And you tell them there's something about me that's giving me the ability to move this ship forward. Now let's do it. And there's going to be a price with it. Jerry, I'm going to give you one of the last words here before we close this podcast out, brother. Please do it.
1: Well, hey, you kind of ended well. There is a price, and that price is looking past what you think, and this comes back to the self-talk aspect, thinking what other people are saying, how they're looking at me, um, all those different things, the ups and downs, the ebbs and the flows of it. I think it's so important that, that price, if you, again, Dean, you said it, Y'all journaling for me is one of these things that I learned once I start working with Dean. Okay. This goes with me everywhere. I have a number of them now that's up in my files and all those type of things, but I'm writing things down. I'm making that vision. I'm going to get this completed. I can go back and look and say, uh Oh, I didn't do this. Let me put it right back to the, the front of the list. In the order of importance. And I understand all those different things. We have to continue daily to improve ourselves. If it's just learning a new word, if it's reading that book, if it's listening, Dean, you said something powerful. Um, The people that you don't necessarily agree with, but can you learn from them? Because there is something that they're giving that they have gotten to that place for some reason. And even if it's to learn not what to do, um, do that, you know, do that. Grab those nuggets and those takeaways that you can grab from individuals um hey we got to keep moving forward and at this time if you're not working at this time this is a great time to take advantage of the downtime if you are working at this time you have to recognize that you're a life changer and that people are depending on you your mindset and this is so true your mindset at work each day and in that workplace it determines how other people's mindset are going to be for those who don't understand this concept of mindset and uh, perspective. So, Hey, keep it on the one, keep it on the one. Oh man. I'll tell you what, Jerry, thank
0: you so much. Uh, well said from one of the best folks. I'm telling you, when I introduced him, I told you how special he was. And he certainly has proven it on this podcast, Jerry, you're one of the best out there folks. If you ever take an FBI leader class, you ever hear Jerry Thompson's going to be there. Sign up. He's a life changer, absolutely a life changer, I guarantee you. You'll never forget him. He'll make a major impact on your life. And more than anything, he cares about you. He's like he's one of a kind, man. Listen, Jerry, thank you. Folks, thank you for joining us on Straight Talk on Leadership. What a great podcast this week with my very, very, very special friend, who I love dearly, Jerry Thompson. Folks, as we always say, keep sharing the growth. And you know what? See you next time. You've been listening to The Straight Talk on Leadership with Dean Crisp. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast
1: on iTunes or Spotify so that you do not miss a future episode. Also, please visit our website at www.lhln.org,
0: where you can view the show notes, links by our guests, and where you can learn more about the Leaders
1: Helping Leaders Network and our upcoming classes. We here at LHLN would also like to thank our affiliate sponsors, Camelback, Strapworks, and Secure at GunSafe.
0: Please visit their links and our website to view their great deals. Until next time, leadership rocks.